This is Dexter First Pentecostal Church Podcast. Dexter First Pentecostal Church is located at 1213 North One Mile Road in Dexter, Missouri. Our current service times are Sunday morning at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Today's message is entitled Comfort in Disguise. It was preached by Pastor Jeff Wells on Sunday morning, October 11, 2020. As you listen to this message, our prayer is that it is a blessing to you. Bible says, we, Then we turned and went up the way of Bashan and Og. Everybody say Og. What a name. Amen. Og, the king of Bashan, came out against us and all his people to battle at Adriai. And the Lord said to me, Do not fear him. Now why would you fear a man or a king that has the name of Og. Well, you'll find later that he was a giant. Amen. But the Lord told Moses and Israel, Do not fear him, for I have given him and all his people and his land into your hand. And you shall do to him as you did to Sion, the king of the Amorites who lived in Heshbon. So the Lord our God gave into our hand Og, also the king of Bashan, and all his people, and we struck him down until he had no survivor left. Skipping down to verse 10, all the cities of the tableland and in all Gilead and all Bashan, as far as Seleka and Adarai, cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan, verse 11, for only Og, the king of Bashan, was left of the remnant of the Rephim. Behold, his bed was a bed of iron. Is it not in Rabbah of the Ammonites? Nine cubits was its length, and four cubits was its breadth, according to the common cubit. It was about 13 and a half feet long, and it was about six feet wide. Now, if you're like me, you're reading this, you're wondering... Why was it important to give the dimensions of the king of Bashan's bed? Now, obviously, it's a big bed. Amen. It's a very large bed because Og was a very large person. He was a giant. Amen. But I'm going to explain that in just a moment. I'm going to kind of let you hang on that for just a little bit. I want to preach to you this morning, amen, with this, with this topic. Comfort in disguise. Mm. God, we love you. We thank you this morning for what we have felt. We, we appreciate your presence, God, that has demonstrated throughout this congregation today. Lord, we stand today, Lord, on the authority of your word and its power. I pray this morning that you will anoint all of our minds. Help us to see and have understanding today. Lord, help us to see God, Lord, through your perspective. And we thank you for your goodness this morning. In Jesus' name, everybody said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be seated for a moment. Praise God. Everybody say comfortable. Are you comfortable? Amen. We've got nice uh, chairs. When I was, here I am, 
tell them, when I was a kid, amen, we had wooden pews. Anybody remember wooden pews? No padding. They were very hard to take a nap on. But I would manage. And uh, if, if, if the pews were just a little too hard at that moment, I would venture down underneath the pews and I would lay on that really nice commercial carpet that has no padding at all. And I would also manage to sleep then as well. I don't recommend you trying that this, eve, this morning, but it could happen. Amen. I remember the first time that I attended a church uh, that had padded pews. I thought, oh my goodness, I have died and gone to heaven. Amen. It was my grandma's church. They had just updated their sanctuary, and they had put in these padded pews. And there was quite an uproar, actually. The church there, uh, there, was a, there was a very long debate, and many of the what would be considered the old-timers were against having padded pews, and the reason for that was they felt people would get too comfortable. There might be a little bit of reasoning behind that, but nevertheless, uh, the majority uh, spoke and padded pews were purchased. Comfortable. The word comfortable defined means providing physical ease and relaxation. Everybody just take a deep breath. Amen. Another definition is affording or enjoying contentment and security. It seems to me like the odor that I get that whatever I am going to purchase, the main factor in that, in that item is its level of comfort. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. My wife and I, we have been doing some research looking at a new bed or a new mattress. And I'll be honest with you, when I was younger, it didn't matter. The cheaper, the better. Uh, I, I remember when I, was, when I was younger, I could sleep anywhere, anytime. My friend and I, we would go out and we would have all-night catfishing trips. And we would, when we got tired, we'd sleep on a rock, we'd sleep on picnic tables, we'd we slept inside this Jeep one time. I, I don't fit in a Jeep very well anyway. We slept, none, none of that now. Today, that's not going to ever happen. Amen. I, I require a certain level of comfort in order for me to sleep. Amen. When Macy, when we were going to have her, when we were at the hospital, uh, amen, Macy decided that it wasn't going to happen that day, so we had to stay overnight. To, we didn't go really prepare for that. The, I remember having to sleep on the floor of the waiting room at the old Lucy Lee Hospital. You know what? I did that. That's been almost 25 years ago. Today, that wouldn't happen. Amen. There's, there's something about comfort that means a lot to me. We've looked at uh, a bed that's called Select Comfort. Just the, just the name of that, the sound of that, gets me to thinking that, that might be something we need to purchase. They're pretty pricey, but I'm finding that things that are comfortable are pretty pricey. But the idea that I can select the level of comfort, to, amen, for me, is, I mean, that, that's very appealing. And I, I know I may sound a little bit lazy this morning, but, but as you get older, and there are other people here that are getting older too, you don't have to agree with me publicly, but it's true. Comfort means a lot. My clothes 
they, 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 you know, how they look is really not as important as how they feel. Amen. I used to make fun. I'm, I'm just being, I'm confessing here. When I was a kid, I would make fun how older people dressed. Older men in particular. Older men would like wear like, they, they had, we had, a, we had an older man in our church in Marble Hill. He had like one outfit. And I used to think, why are you just buying one outfit, man? And this individual, it wasn't because he couldn't afford more. He could have bought the whole clothing store. But you know what I realize now? He was comfortable. And it didn't matter if it was the same outfit. It looked, he was all about comfort. And I'm, I'm starting to kind of fit in those shoes here today. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if it's the same, the same look every single day. If it's comfortable, amen. Amen. Comfort. Praise God. Shoes. I used to think shoes were like, you know, what, what's the point of them? I, I, I mean, I was not one that could go barefooted. But, but again, I, I wore, when we were, when I was a kid, Walmart had a brand called Winner's Choice. Anybody remember Winner's Choice? They were the cheap things. You, you know, they weren't, I didn't care. My, my, my dad told me that you had to be a winner to wear them. I was gullible enough to say, hey, Dad, buy me every time. Buy me a pair of winner's choice then because I wanted to be a winner. It didn't matter to me what they looked like. It didn't matter to me. But, you know, but today I've learned if I'm going to buy a pair of shoes, I, I can't buy the cheap pairs very often. Or, or, or I can, but if I do, my feet will pay the price. So I have to buy a, pay a little more. And, again, it's all about comfort. Pastor, why are you talking about comfort and being comfortable? Well, let me, let me take us back to our text here today. The reason that we read Deuteronomy chapter 3 and about a king whose name was Og, the king of Bashan. This was the last kingdom that, that Israel were to defeat before they entered into the promised land. This was the last kingdom that would be conquered before they were able to cross over into what God had promised them. And the interesting thing about the, 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 uh, the king of Bashan, um, an Og, the Amorite, amen, that again, uh, that, that his name, Og, is as ironic as it is, as weird as it may be, his name means relaxation. I thought it was interesting how that the very, the very last kingdom to be defeated prior to their entering into what God had promised them was a king whose name means relaxation. Perhaps that may be a reason why the Bible gives us the description of his bed. Now, it does say it's an iron bed, and that doesn't seem too appealing to me. But the idea of being able to have a bed that is 13 and a half feet long. I, I'm, a, I'm a tall guy. We don't have a king-size bed. We have a queen bed. And, and so still yet with a queen bed, my, my feet hang over the edge. So I find myself, I kind of sleep diagonal. That's great for me, but it's a problem for her because it only gives her a little corner. 
So I'm reading this, and I'm thinking, man, if I, well, of course, I don't have a room big enough to put in this size of bed, but, but we could, you know, we could put it in the living room. Whatever. But the fact of the matter, that to have that kind of, and then I rem- you know, remember having, having our kids, and when they were little, and they would have to sleep in our bed, and, and, and there's times when Hudson has stayed over, and, and, and Hudson's rough, man, I'm telling you, he, he don't like, you know, he, he, he would love to have a 13 and a half foot bed as well, amen, but the fact that there would be all that room, and but, but nevertheless, we, we're giving those dimensions of, of his bed and, 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 and as big as it is. And, but again, I, my point this morning would be that, that the kingdom that was, that was defeated right before the entering of the promised land was a kingdom whose name means relaxation. It is in this late hour that each of us are going to have to fight a spirit of relaxation in order to get the promise fulfilled. Now, I say that this morning because here we are in this year, 2020. It has been referenced over and over. It will continually be referenced as the Lord tarries. It has been a year of all years. We have seen so much. Amen. Brother Tim called me this morning and he shared with me that, that between... Uh, COVID-19 and tornadoes and hurricanes, uh, that the amount of damage in America is well over, I mean, we're talking hundreds of billions of dollars. Amen. I mean, it has been a year of destruction. It has been a year of of, uh, just all sorts of of different things. And yet it seems as if, and even the prophecy that we shared the other day uh, that Brother Scott had given to Brother Bernard, uh, that the Lord was sending something to to stir the nation, uh, amen, into repentance. Uh, But yet even in this year, uh, amen, it should cause all of us uh, to be driven to our knees in prayer. But yet it seems as if, it's not as effective as what you would imagine. You don't have to agree. You don't have to acknowledge this uh, this morning. Uh, but I would say even within this congregation, uh, there are those that are under the sound of my voice uh, that you recognize everything that's been said. You're like, you're right. Uh, amen. This has been a crazy year. Uh, but yet your own prayer life uh, really hasn't been altered. Why? Why, why wouldn't we want to pray for our nation. Why, why wouldn't we, I mean, when we have family and loved ones, uh, amen, that are in the clutches of, of sin uh, and they're in desperate need for God to intervene, but yet if we're not careful, we can find ourselves recognizing, oh, I need to do something. But man, this chair feels good. Uh, we, 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 we tend to find comfort in being relaxed and I just don't know if I want to engage in that anymore. I'm tired. I'm weary. I, amen. Anybody here after a long day, do you have a place in your home, maybe a, maybe a chair or a couch uh, that just kind of has uh, your name on it? And when you, when you, I'm just going to sit here for just a little bit. My wife knows when I say that I'm lying through my teeth. I'll just be here just a little. Just let, me, let me just kind of, because she knows once I sit down, I ain't getting back up. And it's true. Amen. Praise God. But in this hour today, I believe there is something about this relaxation. The adversary of our souls. He would that each of us, amen, become relaxed in our commitment and in our consecration to God. 
and with everything going on around us, amen, that we have seen and experienced firsthand, one could easily become very overwhelmed. But there is a cry in the Spirit, I believe this morning, that is challenging each of us to rise to the occasion in this late hour. Amen. It's not easy. It doesn't necessarily come natural. But when we recognize the need that we have for God, something needs to rise up inside of us and say, I'm not going to let comfortable or comfort determine the extent of my relationship with God. I understand that I may have to go through some discomfort and I may have to deny my own flesh of some things. But today, I'm understanding the need in this hour to declare the goodness of the Lord. In Job chapter 29, there's a verse that really I read several years ago. As a matter of fact, I even heard Brother Arnold preach a message uh, in, in, including this verse. But John, Job 29 verse 18, Job said, Then I thought, I shall die in my nest. Amen. Job, if you looked at him from a distance, you would see that he had it good. He was wealthy. He had, he had everything that you, you could ever possibly want to have or need to have. Amen. Things were, things were well. And so he, I'll just die in my nest. And I remember Brother Arnold in this message, he began to describe or explain what an eagle, mother eagle, does to her little eaglets. Amen. A, an eagle's nest is, is very large. It's, it's bigger than what it needs to be. Oftentimes, an eagle's nest will be six feet in, in circumference. That's, that's way bigger than what it really needs. But, but that, that nest is built to, to, to be ample supply of comfort. When that little eagle is, is, uh, is hatched, I mean, it's got the comforts of a wonderful nest. I mean, there, there, it's, it's feathers and, I mean, everything's so comfortable. And that little eaglet begins to grow up and, and he's enjoying the comfort of the nest that, that its mother has provided and everything is given, everything's provided for this little eaglet. But there comes a time or a moment in the life of this eaglet when the mother realizes it is time for them to start becoming independent and growing up. And so they know that the, the need for them to learn how to fly is paramount for them to survive. But before they can learn to fly, they also have to learn how to stand because an eagle has these talons and they're tremendous weapons but they got to learn how to use them so the mother uh, I mean the mother doesn't scold the eaglet the mother doesn't tell the eaglet it's time for you to do this or that but the the mother eagle starts tearing the nest apart amen the little eaglet looks at the mother thinking oh my goodness she's lost her mind but she takes this beautiful and comfortable nest and she just starts tearing it apart, getting rid of all the comfortable feathers and making that eaglet, amen, learn how to hold
hold and grip onto the branches itself. She starts tearing away the comfort that the little eaglet has always enjoyed and come to become very, very familiar with. But as that eaglet starts to learn how to stand, it's not very long that then the mother starts kicking the eaglet out of the nest, causing it to learn how to flap its wing. But before it could ever learn to soar like an eagle soars, it had to learn how to stand on its own. And it would have never learned how to do that if the comfort of the nest wasn't taken away. I don't like preaching this message because I'm spoiled rotten. I like comfort. The older I get, the more valuable it becomes. But the Bible tells us in Luke 9 and 23 that Jesus said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. He is warning, saying, listen, don't get too comfortable. Don't, don't get so familiar with comfort that anytime something comes that brings discomfort, amen, that it drives you further from me. But just to know that there may be times of discomfort, but you will find God even closer in those difficult moments. The Amplified Version says, He said to all, if any man or if any person wills to come after me, let him deny himself, disown himself, forget, lose sight of himself, his own interest, refuse and give up himself, and take up his cross daily, and follow me, cleave steadfastly to me, conform wholly to my example in living, and if in need be, dying also. Do you really want to be like Jesus? Is that really the target that you're trying to reach today? Amen. But I'm telling you, if that is the case, I want to know him. I want to know him in the power of his resurrection. But I also want to know him in the power of his suffering today. Amen. There may be some times of discomfort, but I don't want to always equate discomfort for something that is bad, something that is not of God, because there may be things I go through that brings discomfort to my flesh, but is drawing my spirit closer to him. Mm. Hallelujah. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2, it says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy. Now, joy, I don't know, when I think of joy, I think of happy, I think of smiling, I think of good. Who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. Now, when I think of the cross, I don't think of joy. I think of agony. I think of pain. I think of suffering and sacrifice. Uh, amen. I, I, I imagine or see, uh, amen, Jesus Christ uh, hanging on a cross. Uh, amen. His hands and his feet uh, had been pierced with nails. His side had been pierced with a sword. Prior to that, he had been, he had been tied to a whipping post. Uh, and he had, been, he had been whipped with a cat of nine tails. His, his flesh being ripped, uh, amen, from his back. Uh, I mean, there's nothing joyful about any of that. Uh, so what is the writer of Hebrews talking about, uh, amen, when he says that he, uh, amen, who for the joy that was set before him, that he endured the cross, despising the shame, 
Amen. There was nothing joyful. But let me tell you why. Because Jesus saw what the cross was going to produce. He saw, amen, the fact that when those stripes were laid upon his back, he knew the word of God that declared, amen, that we are healed, amen, by those very stripes. He knew that what he was going to endure, amen, it was going to produce, amen, something so life-giving to you and I today. So it, was the, it wasn't because the cross was easy. It wasn't because the cross was a beautiful thing. It was because of what the cross was going to produce. He was willing to give himself. There may be some times of discomfort that I've got to endure and that you may have to endure. But rather than focusing on the discomfort, why don't we focus on what it's producing in all of our lives today? 2 Corinthians 4 and 17 says, For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comprehension. Amen. We talked about this the other night, that your pain, there is a purpose to the pain. There is a purpose uh, even to the point of agony. Amen. There may be those here today that you've had to live through some things that you may look around and you may think, it's not fair. Why did I have to go through that? And others didn't have to go through that. I know that's going to be a hard thing to understand and wrap your mind around. But I'm telling you, friend, that was not not just wasted pain. There's a purpose to it. Amen. And in some way, God is going to get closer to you in those times of pain. Amen. He walks with those who need comfort. Amen. He gives strength to those who are weak. How many are thankful today? Is there anybody here that can testify that in your lowest of moments, in your darkest of days, you felt the very presence of God in the middle of that valley? Amen. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. I'm not here to, uh, to explain why this has to happen or why that has to happen. Uh, I don't have those answers, uh, but I am here to tell you uh, in a world, in a society uh, that is so fixated uh, on comfort and ease and relaxation. Uh, amen. I'm telling you in the church, uh, there's going to be some times of perhaps difficulty. Uh, there's going to be some times of some discomfort, uh, but don't let that, uh, amen, have an evil shade, uh, but understand uh, that in the midst of those difficult moments, Moments, amen. You will find God will be walking alongside and you'll be close to you in those dark days. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Corinthians 4 and 8 says, We are afflicted on every, or we're afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. It's not easy, but it could always be worse. We're persecuted, but we're not forsaken. We're struck down, but we're not destroyed. We're attacked, but we're not defeated. Amen. And right before that, in verse 7, amen, Paul says, We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power is not of us, 
but it's of God. I'm telling you, friend, amen, I don't understand why maybe someone over here has to go through so much pain and others over here seem like they live a life of ease. I don't understand why and how that works. But all I know is that you're going to go through times of discomfort. It's going to be times where you're going to be, again, amen, you're going to be afflicted. You're going to be perplexed. Amen, you're going to be persecuted. You're going to be struck down. But none of that's going to defeat you because in the midst of your discomfort, you're going to find a comforter that is able, amen, to give you the power and the ability that you never imagined you would have had. Amen. And friend, that is true comfort. I'm preaching to you this morning comfort in disguise. Amen. I I know I was kind of lightheartedly talking about, you know, like to have me a select comfort bed and I want comfortable shoes and I'm I'm not saying you ought to go out there and buy your burlap to put you put on his shirts and everybody ought to suffer as much as you can suffer. No, 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 no. Thank God for the good. We're blessed, church. Aren't you thankful for that? But I'm, what I'm saying is while, while we strive for being comfortable, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. God, God helps us and gives us and blesses us. But I don't want to get so accustomed to comfort that I, that I, that I put all my faith in that, in that ability to gain that kind of comfort. Because true comfort goes beyond a comfortable mattress, comfortable shoes. Amen. It goes beyond anything. It goes beyond air conditioning. Thank God for air conditioning. Thank God for heat in the winter. But true comfort comes from only that which can really fill the void in my heart. Amen. That's why the Holy Ghost, amen, is likened to that as a comforter. Amen. That comforter. The Bible says you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. That's why in this church we, we teach it, we preach it, and not only that, but we really believe it. The Holy Ghost, it's not just an added blessing. It's not just something you ought to have. It's something you, you better have. You need to have. You've got to have. Why? Because it's the only thing that will give you the comfort that you really need. Amen. Now, please understand that, I, I, I mean, we're, we're good people, amen, and, 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 and even in a crazy world we're living, we still got, there's a lot of good people out there, and I thank God for all of them. And there are good people that, that acknowledge God, and good people that even, as, as we say, they believe in God. That, that's wonderful. That's, that's a good, that's the best place to start, amen. But I don't want to just take comfort in the fact that I believe in God. Amen. But I I want everything that God has for me to have. I don't want to dilute this. I don't want to make it cheap. I don't want to make it easy. Uh, Lord, I I just want it the way you've you've given it to me. I I, I don't want to make it harder than it is by no means. uh, Amen. But but if your word, if there's something in your word for me to receive and me to to, to, uh, experience, I want it all. Why? Because I need help. I can't do this on my own. I don't have the ability to make this on my own. I, I, I don't want to have just a form of godliness and deny the power there. But I, I, I need the real deal. Anybody here this morning? Amen. You, you, you agree? I, you need the real deal. We were in New York City a few years ago. And uh, friends of ours took Riley down to the 
Chinatown or somewhere. And I uh, forget the, the type of watch she bought, but um, anyway, it was a really expensive watch. If you bought it at any other place, it would cost probably seven, $800. And I think Riley paid 80 bucks for it. It's a good deal. He had Rolexes, I'm sure, as well. But, you know, it looked, it looked good. It, it looked the part. It, I mean, Roddy wore that watch for a while. And, man, he's like, man, that is a spiffy watch. Yeah. But we knew, and he knew, that he only paid $80 for it. And, but, but the point of the matter is, they're in Chinatown in New York City. If you really want something authentic, you're probably not going to go there. You're going to buy something that's not actually authentic. Now, I didn't know this, and maybe y'all did, but Rolex watches, the, the, the second hand doesn't, doesn't tick. It's just a really smooth, and that's one of the, you can, I mean, not all of that way, but, but if you, someone says, hey, I got me a new Rolex, and you, if you see that second hand ticking, that's not a real Rolex. Amen. Not, not that I'm interested in a Rolex, but what I am interested in, I want something that's authentic. I want something that's real. I don't need nothing watered down. I, I, don't need, I don't need a new version of something. I need the real deal. Let me tell you, I need what it took for Paul to make it. I need what it took for Peter to make it. I, what, what those New Testament Christians, and, and I understand that all of those that we read about in the Word of God, they were what we call martyrs. They gave their lives for this. Hey, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not just saying, I'm not saying, well, sign me up and, and, and take me out. But what I am saying is that, that if it was good enough for them, it's got to be good enough for me. Amen. I don't need a watered-down version of this. I need the real deal. I need something that's authentic. Anybody else here this morning? Amen. You can't find comfort in anything else. Amen. It may be for a while, but it's not going to last. But what we have here this morning is real. It's real. It's real. Hallelujah. We're getting ready to land here this morning. Comfort in disguise. There are so many things that are backwards when it comes to, the, to living for God. you, you got to die in order to live. you got to humble yourselves down in order to be lifted up. You, you have to give in order to receive. All of that's backwards from what logic would tell you is normal. And I'm going to tell you this morning that there may be moments where I may have to go through some discomfort and there may be times of pain and involved and things I have to endure. But let me, let me tell you, amen, the reality of that is, amen, God, the Bible says that His strength is made perfect in my weakness. Amen. How do you know you've got a weakness? It's because you've been challenged. That weakness has to be exposed through something that, that challenges your strength. And when your strength comes up short, and it will all the time, you'll find that His strength is made perfect in your weakness. I'm thankful today for something, Brother Tim, that I can hold on to. I, no matter the, the wind can blow, amen, the, the, the waves can come crashing in, all of that can happen around me, but I can stand today and know that God is going to see me through 
whatever I'm facing. Aren't you thankful for that today? Amen. One of my favorite verses of Scripture is Isaiah chapter 43. Amen. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. And when thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned. Neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. He didn't say I wouldn't have to walk through the fire. He just said I'm going to take care of you when you're in the fire. Amen. I know we want to live a life that avoids any type of fire. But you may have to go through some fire. But just know that when you do, amen, you're going to have a God that's going to be right there with you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow, amen, to, the, to the, uh, what had been given, amen, as they, the, the, the decree that had been given. And they knew the penalty would be that they would be placed in a fiery furnace. So the king never... Nebuchadnezzar, uh, amen, he heated that, fu- that furnace up seven times hotter than, than he normally would have. And all three of them were thrown into that fire, uh, amen. But when the king looked in, uh, he said, wait a second, uh, didn't we just throw three men into that fire? Uh, he said, but I see four, uh, and the fourth is likened to the Son of Man. Let me tell you, he will meet you in that furnace. Uh, and when they come out of that furnace, uh, amen, not a hair on their head was singed. Not even the smell of smoke was on their clothes telling you, God will demonstrate His power. Amen. But comfort cannot be my focus. Amen. Each one of you this morning, you're going to have to defeat the king king named Og. And oftentimes it's going to be right before you're fixing to enter into your promised land. Right before God is going to do what He's promised you to do, that He's going to do. You're going to have to defeat that spirit of relaxation. Come on. We need to push through. One more time. Amen. It's worth it. It's worth it. Praise God. As we stand here today. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Amen. I was reading a story this morning about a group of porcupines in a, in a, in, in a forest in the wintertime. And they were having to, it was a kind of a crazy story, but they were having to cuddle to try to generate warmth. But they're porcupines. And so they kept on poking one another. And I thought, that would be, that would be my luck, wouldn't it? To have to cuddle with a porcupine. Amen. Point of the matter is, amen, I I may find myself this morning in a situation that's less than ideal. And I don't know how to really get through it. I don't know how to get past it. I'm really exhausted. I've exhausted every other other option. Let, let 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 me present to you this morning. There's a God. His name is Jesus. And I promise you, It may not look like it, it may not seem like it, it may not even feel like it. But based on what I know and what others here this morning know, He promises us He can help us. When everybody else has turned their back on us, when everybody else has given up on us, there's a Savior whose name is Jesus. I tell you this morning, if you give Him a a chance... I'm not, I'm not going to tell you this morning that He's going to just take away all the pain instantly. 
There may be still some pain. There may still be some discomfort. But I'm going to tell you, you're going to have an abiding strength within you that's going to see you through it, that's going to walk with you every step. Amen. And you're going to make it to the end. This morning, I want to invite you around this altar today. Anybody here today want to give this Jesus that chance? Anybody here want to admit, I'm tired of trying to do it on my own? I don't have the answers. I don't have the ability. I need Jesus today. Hallelujah. Anybody else this morning? Come on, church. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm tired of looking for comfort in all the wrong places. Lord, today, God, i got to reside in you and you in me. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, church. In the name.